Hey, I want to welcome you to FBCO today. We are so glad you're here and uh, worshiping with us on this Sunday morning. If you need help finding a life group, those are small group Bible studies. We'll help you find a class. They meet by Zoom or some other medium like that. We'd be happy to help you if you'll just send us a text or an email. We'll help you find a class for this week or the weeks ahead. And uh, if you'd like someone to pray about something, just text us. If you want to find out more about the church, maybe you need to trust Christ as Savior or there's some spiritual decision you need to make. If you'll text us, email us, we'll follow up with you and we'll help you come to know Christ as Savior or grow in your faith. And we're glad you're sharing this day with us. Well, I'm going to read from the book of Proverbs chapter 31. Will you open your Bibles? I'm going to read kind of a longer passage, but it's a powerful passage. Proverbs chapter 31, it talks about uh, the noble mother, but we're going to apply this far beyond. We're going to talk about how to be a noble mother or any other kind of person and make application. So follow along. If you've got something to write with and take notes with, we'll have, I'll ask you to write down some principles along the way. Let's read Proverbs chapter 31. Follow along. We'll put it on the screen as well, beginning with verse 10. Proverbs 31, 10. The Bible says, Who can find a wife of noble character? She's far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She rises while it's still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. She evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. She sees that her profits are good and her lamp never goes out at night. She extends her hands to the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle. Her hands reach out to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. She's not afraid for her household when it snows. For all in her household are doubly clothed. She makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. She makes and sells linen garments. She delivers belts to the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing and she can laugh at the time to come. Her mouth speaks wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the activities of her household and, and is never idle. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. Love this passage. I want to talk with you about how to have, how to be a, a mother of noble character or whatever else you may be or whatever other role you may have, all other kinds of persons. Let's talk about what it means to be noble. And let me tell you a story. Some of you will remember a, a woman in our church named Maggie Leininger. Lee and Maggie Leininger were in our church for, of course, a long, long time. They've passed away and gone on to be with the Lord now. And uh, they are the parents. Maggie was the mother of our associate pastor, Skip Leininger, who's, who many of you would know. And um, Maggie was just a, a great person. And so she and Lee were just the greatest supporters. I mean, encouraged me, loved me through thick and thin. The church, of course, saw lots of changes over the years, relocated into multiple services, changed styles and locations and classes and started new rooms. I mean, just all, all kinds of things. And through it all, they were just such great supporters. So years ago, this is probably 20 some years ago that this happened with, with uh, Miss Maggie. So it was a Mother's Day. And after the Mother's Day service, Maggie said to me, 
I am so glad, Pastor Doug, I am so glad you uh, did not preach on this Mother's Day on Proverbs 31. And uh, it kind of took me aback. And I said, well, how come? Uh, Maggie, why, why, why would you care about that? And she said, because every time I read Proverbs 31, of course, she said, I mean, over the years, lots of people had preached on it on Mother's Day. And she said, it's, the lady is so amazing. And I always feel like I'm so inadequate compared to that lady who's just, un, you know, she's unbelievable. And I sort of laughed about that. She was being somewhat facetious, but that lady, you know, they showed the really great attributes of this woman. And um, so with apologies to Maggie, I'm going to, I'm preaching from this text. It's an important one. But I want to note for you that the Bible here is telling us an example of what noble character is like, what a noble person is like. By the way, we apply it to, to men just as much as women. Just as women learn from Paul, men can learn from this wife of noble character, of course. And we learn the lessons that we need to learn. But it is uh, interesting. Now, listen, there is no perfect mother, no perfect person. The only perfect person who has lived in this world is the Lord Jesus himself. And all the rest of us have fallen short of God's glory. We all needed a savior. But here's a woman who's teaching us something, something about being noble. And so whatever kind of person you are, whether you are a mother or not, whether you are a man or a woman, you can learn something about noble character. And I want you to write down with me five principles of a noble person, five characteristics that we see in this noble mother that we really can apply to everyone. So if you, if you have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper, let's write these five principles down about how to be noble, how to be a noble mother or any other kind of person. So let's write these together. Number one, focus on character. And one of the reasons we call this, this person a wife of noble character is because a character mattered to her. She focused on that. She wasn't focused on the externals or just the outside or just the appearances, but on character. And God in heaven, of course, cares about you, not just what you look like on the outside, not just the appearances. And a lot of times we put so much emphasis on the appearance when God is always drilling down to who we are on the inside, who we are when no one else is looking. He's looking at our character. So let's note some words here that kind of remind us about this focus on character. The first word I'd have you write is the word value. The Bible says in uh, verse 10, she is far more precious than jewels. So when you start thinking about what really matters, you know, what's, what's really uh, great value? There's something more value, valuable than jewels or gold or money or portfolios, something far more valuable. If you could think of it from heaven's perspective, and by the way, what a great way to look at life, to say what will matter to me in eternity? Not just what matters right now. Boy, we, get, we can really get our um, focus skewed when we are looking at what matters to me now, as opposed to what is it that God values in me or what does what will matter in eternity and what will value what will be valuable in heaven is our character not just the things that we have that we'll leave behind God cares about who we are she's far more precious than jewels and I want you to have I want you to recognize the value the value of this life and the value of your life the Lord loves you so much he sent his son into this world because your life has inherent value because you're created in the image of God. Now he is never satisfied to leave you where you are, but there's inherent value in your life because you're created in the image of God. That's why life matters because God created us in the image of God. Now he doesn't leave us where we are. 
He doesn't just say, you're fine to stay as you are. He recognizes that we're sinners who need a savior. But there's value, and there's value in this, in this uh, woman of noble character. And then write the word trust. Verse 11 says, the heart of her husband trusts her, and he will not lack anything good. Not only does he trust her, she's trustworthy. There's a beauty to that. And he can trust her because she's got that trustworthy character. Not the appearance, but the inside. The character. When no one else is looking, when no one else knows, who you are comes out. And there is something powerful about trust. Someone said one time in a, a law firm, how can we build trust? You know, trust really matters and to the law firm. People ought to be able to trust their lawyers. How can we build trust? And someone came up with this novel idea. They said, let's try this. Let's be trustworthy. Let's be trustworthy. And that's how trust is built. And then write the word good. Notice verse 12. She will reward him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. She wants to do what's good, what's right. She cares about that. She wants God's way and not the world's way. Now, the world says everything is sort of a shade of gray. And the Bible says some things are good and some things are bad. The Bible teaches us, and inherently we see this in our own lives, that there's, a, there's right and wrong. There are things that are good and things that are bad. And here's a woman who cares about the good. And we focus on character because that is, that is what is like the Lord himself. The Lord is holy. That's why we should care about holiness. The Lord is a Lord who is trustworthy. That's why we should be trustworthy. He is, a, he is an honest God, a loving God. Our character counts because our character, when we follow the character of God, we're like him. God created us to be like him in character. And he wants us to follow his character. And holiness matters to God and it ought to matter to us. And so if you want a noble life, focus on character. Number two, write this down if you would, please. Work diligently. You want a life that's noble? Well, work diligently. And the Bible tells us about this woman. I think maybe this is part of what Maggie's frustration was with this woman because she was unbelievable. The Bible tells us about her hard work. Notice she works, she selects wool and flax and works with them, she says. Uh, she rises while it's still night and provides food for her household and portions for female servants. I mean, here is a woman who works hard. Uh, she's working at the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle. I mean, she's willing to work hard and there is something about hard work. And of course, the Lord made us, created us to work in the garden before sin entered the world. Um, man was tending the garden. Work is a part of our responsibility. And she was a woman who was willing to keep that responsibility. We appreciate our mothers who do hard work. Being a mom is a hard, hard job. And in these days of social distancing, I think maybe some mothers are just, uh, uh, maybe we who are not mothers see how difficult it is for mothers. And some of them uh, I've watched some of the families with young children and all the time they're, they're, they're teaching their kids, they're training their kids, they're helping their kids. I mean, it's a never ending job and I am thankful for their hard work. And we want to say to those moms who have worked so hard on our behalf, thank you. And by the way, to our fathers who have worked so hard for us and provided for us and uh, cared about us. And many of them who have sacrificed for us in so many ways, we want to be thankful for their hard work. But notice it's not just hard work, but what I'd call wise work as well. Because the Bible tells us uh, she does things like this, verse 16. She evaluates a field and buys it. <laughs> she plants a vineyard with her earnings. I mean, she's thinking and planning and using 
uh, strategy to think about what's best for her family. And she's using wisdom and thinking long term. Uh, this is someone who, who not only works hard, but they work carefully and wisely and thoughtfully and thinking long term versus short term. What we're calling here uh, working diligently someone who is dependable, someone you can count on, someone who's willing to do what needs to be done, someone who thinks ahead. All of these are attributes of this woman and attributes that all of us can learn from. So my wife, um, it, she, she likes to figure things out and she fixes all kinds of things. It's always been kind of surprising to her. I don't have the bent toward fixing things that some people have. Like her father and brothers could fix anything. I mean, they can fix anything. And she has that bent as well. And then she marries me and I don't know how to fix things very well. I'm not super handy. Uh, I don't figure things out in that way. I just, that's not how my mind works so well. And it's not surprising to me to find Vicki, uh, the other day she was sewing <laughs> with a sewing machine. We have an old sewing machine and um, it's old. She's had it for a long time and it wasn't working properly. And so she starts taking it apart. I said, but you don't have to get a new sewing machine. No, she said, I'm going to, I'm going to fix this. She starts taking it apart and working on it and oiling it. And oh my goodness, vacuum cleaners. <laughs> She'll take, I'll find her taking those apart, fixing things. I mean, that's just her, her uh, bent and the diligent work. And I am so impressed by her. And every once in a while, she just inspires me to try. I'm terrible. I can change light bulbs. I am, it's a gift. I'll just tell you, I can change light bulbs with the best of them. <laughs> but when it gets more complicated than that, sometimes I need a little bit help. I'm, of help. I'm glad that YouTube or something can help us learn how to fix some things. Uh, the noble person works diligently, even in faith. We ought to work diligently. We ought to work diligently to understand God's word and to study it and to know it. I'm so I'm so impressed by so many of our, our, our teachers, our life group teachers for all ages who study hard, prepare well, really, really search the scriptures and work diligently. There is, that's a blessing to us. And I appreciate their hard work and their wise work. Now, there's a third principle. Would you write this principle down? How to be a noble mother or any other kind of person. Number three, think of others. Think of others. This doesn't always come easily to us. We think of ourselves so easily, but it takes effort to think of others. One of the reasons we praise mothers so often is because so many times, in so many cases, they have thought of us, in some cases when others haven't. They've thought of us, and they've thought beyond themselves and thinking of others. But really, it's a characteristic that should be uh, an attribute of everyone who follows the Lord himself. The Lord thought of us. He cared about us, and we need to care about others. He loved us even when we were unlovable. He wants us to love like that and to think of others and not just ourselves. It's easy to think about ourselves. Let's notice some others that we find this uh, noble woman thinking of. She's thinking of the needy, the Bible tells us in verse 20. Her hands reach out to the poor, and she extends her hands to the needy. She's thinking of people beyond herself, people who have needs. I am uh, very grateful for the people who are helping in times of need like this. We've seen many who have stepped up and really helped the O'Fallon food pantry in this time or have helped people who have lost jobs. That's been very common behind the scenes without asking for any 
recognition or accolades and just helped behind the scenes with people who have financial needs or, or helped in, uh, with things like foster care, the Restore Network or um, ministries like that. We've got a lot of ministries who are trying to care for the needy, uh, helping people in a time of need or people who are going through some crisis moment or some family who's going through a crisis. Some of you saw last week, James Heron spoke and talked about the needs there in Uganda. He's a, from our church family here and serving in Uganda as a missionary with the International Mission Board and how we've been able to help with uh, the great needs there. Boy, they really had some difficulties there. Those are the kinds of ways we can help. And even beyond that, to think of the needy. We ought to think about uh, those who are lost. Church family, God asks us to think beyond ourselves and think about those who don't know Christ as Savior. Now, this may I say this is not natural for us to do, but it is supernatural for us to do. For us to say, I'm not just going to focus on myself or what I like, want, need, etc. I'm going to focus. I'm going to remember those who aren't here yet. I'm going to remember my neighbors and I'm going to love them and care about them and want them to come to faith. And I'm going to find ways to share my faith, the gospel message with them. And I'm going to care, pray for them and invite them and encourage them. And I'm going to find ways to invest in their lives. And that is, it's not natural because natural is to, from a human standpoint, to think of ourselves, but supernatural says, I'm going to think of others. This fall, when we talk about our, the who we are section, and we'll talk about uh, caring for those who aren't here yet, thinking beyond ourselves, being outreach oriented. It's a difficult thing, but it is exactly what the Lord Jesus tells us to do in the Great Commission. Exactly what he tells us to do. And so comfort is never the goal of the Christian faith, but the mission is the goal. We want to obey the Lord and follow where he, need, where he leads. Now, not only do we think of others and the needy, but she's thinking of those nearby, her own family. The uh, Bible says she's not afraid for her household when it snows. She's thinking of those who are nearby as well. And I want us to have this attitude of saying, I'm going to care about others and not just myself. I'm not going to make my life nor my Christian life about me. I'm going to make it about the Lord and what he wants. And then out of that, I'm going to care for other people. I'm going to love others. I'm going to love people who don't yet know Christ as Savior. And if you're here watching this today uh, online or wherever you may be, if you're watching this, I want you to know there are people who are praying that you will come to faith in the Lord Jesus that you'll give your life to Christ. And we want to care for those people who need the Lord. We want to care for people in tangible ways. And we want to think of others. And one of the reasons we are so grateful for mothers, and many of you have had a mother who thought of you more than she thought of herself. And that's what the Lord wants us to do, to think of others, to love them, and care about them. Now, now we always point them to the greater truth of the Lord. We're not saying, the Lord doesn't say, just stay where you are. That's okay. He, he's always working with sinful people to help them to be more like the character of the Lord Jesus. But we want to love because that's what the Lord does. Now, there's a fourth principle I'd like you to note with me this morning. Would you write this principle down? How to be a noble mother or any other kind of person? Would you write this down? Bless your family. Bless your family. God made the family and he did it for a reason. And there's a value in that. God gave us the family for a reason. There's a value in being, if you're a father, God made you a father for a reason. He wants you to be a good and godly father. If you're a mother, it's a great, great gift that he's given to you. He wants you to be a good and godly wife. If you're a, if you have a, your parents, uh, or if you're living in the home of your parents or you're grown, your parents are alive, I want you to be a good son or daughter, a good brother or sister. I want you to be a good husband or wife. God cares about these things. God cares about them because he is the one who made the family. 
It wasn't formed by the government. It was formed by the Lord himself. He created the family. So let's note a couple of words that kind of explain how we bless our family. One, the first word is the word influence. Influence. I want you to read with me verse 23. The Bible says her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. There's something about the attributes of this woman that cause her husband to experience something of the blessings of who she is. Other people see him and they bless him because of her. Her attributes, her character blesses her. I might say it like this. You are an are an influence in your family for good or for bad. Did you know that? You are an influence in your family for good or for bad. If you're a mother or a father or a brother or a sister, you're an influence in your family, husband or wife. You're an influence in your family for good or for not so good, right? You're an influence. You, you make an impact on that family. And God in heaven wants you to do your part well. You know, you can't some of you did not grow up perhaps in a, in a functional home. Many, many in our church family did not grow up in that kind of home, that kind of environment. And I am thankful the gospel reaches every person. God cares about people of every sort of background. But if you didn't grow up in a, in a healthy environment in your home, I want you to know that God, you can't do, your, you can't do the other people's part. If your mother wasn't what she should be, your father, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, your kids... You can't do their part, but you can do your part. And you be an influence. And if you'll be what you need to be, God will use that influence to bless others. But I want you to see as well, not only that you are an influence in your family for good or for bad, but that you've been influenced by your family for good or for bad. You've been influenced by your family for good or for bad. So some of you, as you listen to a message on noble character, uh, you... You, some of the baggage from your past you have brought with you to where you are this day. So if your father, mother, husband, wife struggles with anger, unresolved conflict, often we find ourselves, unfortunately, often we find ourselves repeating the mistakes of our parents, of our family. Now we don't have to. We don't have to. The Lord Jesus is able to empower us to overcome everything in our past by his power, by the bloodshed of the Lord Jesus, by his strength, by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. But often we find ourselves influenced by our parents or by those who have gone before us. And for good, in some cases, some of you are watching today because you have a mother who said, man, I'd really like you to watch and I'd really like you to listen to a church service and I'd really like you to consider the things of God. And that influence from that mother, from that grandmother, from that friend, from that family member, is uh, God is using that in your life so that today you'd hear the gospel in a moment when we pray together. Perhaps you'd even give your life to Christ. And the influence of someone else in your life will lead you to consider the claims of the Lord Jesus. And someone has been a blessing to you. You've been influenced and you're influenced by those who've gone before you. But also write the word blessing. Write the word blessing. Verse 28 says, her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband also praises her. Boy, what a blessing it is when you have a father, mother, family member, friend, someone in your life who's pointing you to Jesus, who's not content just to leave you where you are, but pointing you to really the things of God. And I want that for you. I want you to be that for someone else. Some of you are listening and someone in your life has been a great blessing to you. 
They've told you the truth. They've taught you God's word. Some of you have a mother who taught you the things of God from a young age and how thankful you ought to be or a grandmother who poured into you. Some of you have a, a mentor or friend or life group teacher or someone who's cared and loved you and poured into you. How thankful you ought to be. I want you to be that for someone else. I want you to care about someone else. I want you to care about someone that's maybe younger than you or someone that's newer to faith or someone that doesn't yet know the Lord as Savior and you pour into them and care about them and be a mentor to them. Be willing to use your gifts and talents for God's glory. And God will bless others through you. Now, God doesn't just bless us so that we have blessings, but he blesses us so we'll be a blessing. And one of the reasons God has blessed you is so you will be a blessing to someone else. And there's someone who needs your blessing. There's someone who needs your blessing. And maybe you have children or maybe you don't. Maybe, you have a, maybe you're married, maybe you're not. Maybe you're a man or a woman. Whatever, whatever the case may be, God in heaven wants to use you to be a blessing in someone's life. Bless your family. Bless those around you. Principle number five. Would you write this principle down? If you want a noble life, live by faith. Write that down, please. Live by faith. Verse 30 is a beautiful verse. The Bible says, charm is deceptive. Boy, you can fool others, but never God. And beauty is fleeting. I don't know if you know this, but I know from personal experience that as you get older, you get some wrinkles and your hair can begin to fall out. From, from personal experience, I know this. I didn't believe it would happen to me, but such is nature. <laughs> and the Bible says all beauty's fleeting, <laughs> but a woman who fears the Lord. For that matter, this is an example for all of us. If you fear the Lord, the Lord, you will be praised. Here's what the Bible's saying. By the way, fear of the Lord isn't talking about a, a God who's un, you know, angry for no reason and you just don't know what to expect. It's not that. It's this deep respect for God's holiness and God's character and recognizing who the Lord is and saying, I want to respond to that in the right way. You know, the reason why we need to be saved is because we're lost without Christ. That's what the Bible says. And if you thought you're okay without God, you'll never come to the Lord. But if you ever recognize that God is holy and you are not, God is perfect and you're a sinner, and therefore you need God, then you can recognize that the Lord Jesus is the means by which sinful man can reach holy God. And you'll come to realize that you need to repent of your sin, to turn from it, and to place your faith, your trust in Jesus who died for you and rose from the grave for you and receive him as savior. Give your life to Christ, surrender to him and he will save you. And this day you can trust Christ as savior right where you are. Repent, place your trust and faith in Jesus. Receive him, ask him to save you and he'll save you right where you are. And the Lord wants that for you. He wants you to live by faith. You want a noble character? Live by faith. Trust something greater than your abilities and your talents and your skills. Trust the Lord himself. Trust the Lord himself. And if you're a believer here, you have trusted Christ as Savior, can I ask you to live by faith? Would you say, God, would you help what matters most to me to be what matters most to you? Would you give me your perspective on life? Boy, we've been working through the book of James on Sunday mornings for these last uh, many weeks now. Still have weeks, some weeks to go. We're reminded that we need God's perspective and if we can begin to see the world as God sees it, not as we see it, not as we want to see it, not as we like it, not, but as God sees it, if we gain his perspective, there is a difference and a power. And faith will matter so much more to us 
what we do with Jesus will matter so much more. Maybe God is using these days in our lives to remind us of what really counts. There's something bigger than our portfolios, something bigger than our health, something bigger than our pleasure or entertainment, but we need the Lord. And maybe through this time, you'd realize how much you need to trust God and how much you need his perspective. And you would experience a personal renewal in the Lord and a revival in your spirit towards the things of God. God wants that for you. When you stand before God in heaven one day, that's what's going to matter. What you've done with Jesus, your deep love for him, obeying him and following him, that's what's going to matter. And all the little things of this world will begin to fade away as we see what really counts. So I want to ask you to live by faith. Now, this woman teaches us some good lessons. Maybe you can sort of commiserate with Maggie Leiniger and say, man, this, that lady was unbelievable what she could do and how she cared. But the Lord is showing us a little of what he wants us to be. And we'll be imperfect examples as we follow the Lord Jesus. The most wonderful mother in the world is imperfect. But I want you to see a little of what God wants from you and the character that he wants you to have. And if you'll do that, God will bless others through you. Will you pray with me right now? Let's bow together. If you've never trusted Christ as Savior, would you just, right where you are, would you just pray, give your life to Christ, repent of your sins, just acknowledge your need for God. Recognize that he died for you. Jesus died for you and rose from the grave for you. Receive him as Savior. Tell us about that if you've trusted him as Savior. Text us and email us. We want to help you to grow in, in the Lord. But oh, what a great thing. And Christian, would you say right where you are, Lord, help me to develop the kind of character that you want me to have inside to be the person you want me to be. Father, thank you for your word, the truth and power of it. Thank you for this great study of this amazing life. Help us to learn from it and, and live by faith following you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.